you tricked me before. <laughs> I didn't trick you. I, I thought just, we were on. I but just we went. Weren't. All right. Yeah, that's code for we're on. <laughs> we're live. Well, now we are on and we are live. Hello and welcome back to Goose Chase. <laughs> Goose, Goose Chase. Chase. Oh God, I started to choke there. Let me oh, try that again. Are you okay? Goose Chase. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> Ah, we are back after a uh, two weeks from uh, from the last episode here. Just one. We're two weeks out. The last one we released was two weeks ago. Because we didn't do one last week, but we did one two weeks ago. Yes, we skipped one week. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow that seems complicated, but it's, it's not. <laughs> it was complicated to me at yeah. the moment. I got it. I, did, I went through the same thing last night on the dude cast where I'm like... It's like we skipped one, but we haven't been around in two. Wow, it's so trippy, man. Yeah, I don't know why that's so difficult. Where's an extra week come from, man? Yeah, I don't know why that's difficult to me, but it is. So we're back. We have a fun new episode tonight. (laughs) We are apparently very sleepy. Mm -hmm. I'm just in some kind of mood today Mm -hmm. and also just tired. Yeah. I think I have tomorrow off. Well, so that's good. Hopefully, I actually have tomorrow off and I don't get a call at nine in the morning telling me I'm supposed to be at work, even yeah. though my schedule says otherwise. How often that is, happens sometimes. <laughs> how, how often do you get in rando calls like, come into work, please? Um, it seems like it happens sometimes now. That I'm supposed to be at work and I'm really, according to the schedule that I have, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Really, that just happened the once. Mm-hmm. Um, Asking me to come in because someone called off. That yeah. happens every now and then because shit comes up. Yep. Man, and when are... you like work at a place where you only have so many people, like we don't have that many employees and mm-hmm. we can't have any more than what we have because then no one would get hours. We're already low on hours. So right. like it's kind of. You take things as they play out. So, since we were last here, it's been America's birthday. America's mm-hmm. older. Happy birthday, mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, that happened. Yes. I'm trying to think if there's any other interesting things other than what we're going to talk about later. Bobo was afraid of fireworks, as <laughs> usual. Yeah. He uh, slept on your side of the bed. Um, yeah. He gladly took all of your cuddles for you. Okay. So just so you know, they didn't go to waste. Well, that's good. Cuddles wasted or, you know, yeah, what good is yeah, that? You know, there's there's no use crying over spilled cuddles, though. <laughs> like the old expression always goes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Jeez. We, we ate some is onion bagels. I mean, that was that was all right. I didn't eat any of those. You didn't, and Joe ate those. Didn't you have any onion bagel? I haven't had an Ooh, onion you're bagel. You're missing out. I know. Onion bagel, thumbs up from me. This is, <laughs> I'm going on record here. I want to go on record officially. Onion bagel, good. <laughs> <laughs> if Joe listens to this, he'll be so happy to hear you say that. You know, it's like, it's like, man, America. Everyone's got a strong opinion about things. I'm throwing mine in. Onion bagels are all right. They can't see you giving it the thumbs up right. endorsement. Right, but it's, I mean, if you can with imagine your, me with giving your it a thumbs hitchhiker up. Thumb. <laughs> with my little hitchhiker thumb. little hitchhiker thumb. I don't have one of those. No. Nah. Mine doesn't bend like that. Man, mine goes all the way back. 
Yeah, man, yeah. don't do that. Onion bagels, good. Uh, some news on McDouble Watch. <laughs> I'm going to bring it back. Apparently right now in the McDonald's app, you can get a, a once a day a sandwich for a dollar, which includes the McDouble. The classic McDouble? For like all the way clear through September, you can get the McDouble for a buck. Yeah, but you can't get the McDouble meal. No, you can't. So my McDouble watch is still going. But you can even get like a Big Mac for a buck. Like every day is what I read. That can't be right, right? Maybe. They want you to use that app. Yeah, right. But I'm thinking a, a Big Mac a day for a dollar? That's a pretty... That's a, I mean, that's... Whew, that's well, some, they're just banking on the fact that you'll get congestive heart failure before you can really <laughs> use it to its full advantage. Well played, McDonald's. <laughs> they're right. I will. Yeah. I don't need that temptation in my life. Yeah. I've already been a little rocky on the diet here and there. Yeah, you're doing really good, though. I'm doing okay. You're doing really good. It's hard. Yeah, I know. I've been feeling very overwhelmed lately with yeah. life and everything. So then the added, the meal planning, I like doing it. Mm -hmm. It's just really time consuming. Mm -hmm. So it's just a lot to do. And then with yeah. everything this weekend, I have a roller derby bout, which I'm very excited about. Mm -hmm. But whenever that happens, I commit to doing things for the bout, and then I have a certain amount of planning I have to do yeah, in order to make those things happen, and then I stress about that and everything else in my life, and here we are. Yeah. Well, we should mention also that it's, a th it's this Saturday. This Saturday. Another little steel derby bout, home bout. Yes. The this big charity one. This one's kind of cool because the team we were going to play, it turned out that they couldn't make it. And mm -hmm. so because we already had it planned and it's our our big charity bout and we're excited about it. Um, we donate to the like boom, boom Mancini foundation, mm -hmm. which if you don't know who Ray boom, boom Mancini is, then yeah, young, I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> Youngstown legend. Um, so he has, he will be there, which yeah. is a big drawing point and selling point. The foundation brings a lot of people into the bout on its own. Mm -hmm. um, and our proceeds are going to go towards the rescue mission. And we're also taking donations for Falcon Animal Rescue. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you go to the Little Steel Derby Girls Facebook page, I believe we have the list of things that they would like donated. Including things as cheap and easy as like bleach, paper plates, um, stuff stuff that goes a long way in feeding the cats and cleaning and making sure they have a healthy living environment while they're there. Yeah. So I picked up some stuff today to bring to the bout and donate to them. And that's going to be super cool. And then because of our, our team that we were going to play not being able to, what we decided to do was uh, reach out to other roller derby players who might want to play, but their whole team aren't able to come. Because yeah. we asked like upwards of probably upwards of 50 teams mm -hmm. after that team backed out. We asked a bunch of other teams if they'd be able to make it. And uh, no one could because they either were playing other games or they just couldn't field that many players on that day. 
it's really hard because it's a it's a pay to play sport. Yeah, it's and like a rec. It's a rec league. So the people that are there well, are volunteering to be there, right? Yeah, technically we're not a rec league, but but yes, it's like a a volunteer adult sport. Yeah. Okay. So it, you know everyone's schedules are up in the air. You know. Okay. So. Uh, there are multiple people when we were doing these calls and reaching out and seeing who could play mentioned, hey, like the whole team camp, but individual members might want to. So the idea of making this about little steel derby girls versus the world came up. Yeah. So our opposing team is going to be called the world. <laughs> and uh, it's basically guest players from a bunch of other teams who wanted to fill in and help us out. So. Yeah. Um, I believe one or two people who have played for us in the past but aren't currently playing for us are um, in the mix as well. Okay. So that is really exciting. I think it's going to be really fun. I'm doing a little game during halftime. There's another one. Because I knew you did a game at the last one. Yes. This is a different game. Okay. This is Chuck-a-Duck. Oh, this one. Yeah, that's right. So I have um, a couple hundred rubber ducks. <laughs> Just a normal thing for someone to have? Uh-huh. Don't I think, think I too talked about, about it on the podcast last time that you they did. were mailed to my house. Yeah, so you were all excited about that. That's what they were that. for. Um, and people can pay to get a duck. And during halftime, people are going to toss them at Target's. On the um, in the middle of the rink, yeah, and whoever gets closest to or on the target will win a prize. Also, I'm going to have special gnome ducks. I have right. received them, um, and those are going to be a little more expensive, but you'll get a cute additional prize, which I'm in the process of figuring out what that is. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool though. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. If someone's listening to this right now and it's not Saturday the uh, the fourteenth yet, yeah, come join us on the fourteenth. We're Check just gonna us be out. sweet. Dave will be there. Yeah, uh, probably some of my family and friends will be there. Yeah, it just seems and like it's gonna be a really cool. It's time. gonna be cool. I think and it's actually gonna be a pretty busy one because boom boom brings in a lot of people. Boom brings boom. in a crowd. How cool is that? You want to come see Boom Boom Mancini watch roller derby? I, I mean, you, I do. I know you guys want to see Boom Boom. I mean, who, who doesn't want to see Boom Boom? Who doesn't want to see Boom Boom? I don't know anyone. I just like saying Boom Boom. I know you like saying Boom it's Boom. You're making it kind of a weird thing. It's fun to say Boom Boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's going to be a really good time, I think. I'm yeah, excited for that. I think so, too. All right. I guess it's kind of it. I don't know. It's a lot of the stuff I want to talk about is all going to be part of the main right. segment. Um, what did I do while you were away? Not that much. Not that much. You did go. things. You painted a figurine, or was yeah. that while? Maybe that wasn't while I was away. I can't remember. <laughs> it all blurs together. Oh, I think it was. It was because my dad stepped. He stopped by while I was in the process of uh, painting that. Yeah. And he stopped by because he wanted to drop off some garden stuff to you when you were out of town. Right. I was there. (laughs) Doing some painting. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing I do. Um, But so much of what happened over the last week is stuff I want to talk about later. So it's hard for me to provide any kind of update until we get to it. Then I think maybe it's time 
You mean it's time to play that famous game that's been sweeping the internet? Mm-hmm. Our famous trues and news news quiz? Mm-hmm. The game of true news and fake news? Mm-hmm. The game in which you provide two false stories and one true story, and I have to guess this true story from the false stories? It's time for truth and news. <laughs> You know what? I knew that that was great, but it was only missing one thing, and that was scat singing. Yeah, there it was. Yeah, knew it. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Super nailed it. All right. <laughs> I'm happy with that. I'm in awe. Um, let me. We might just cut that out and repurpose it later. <laughs> this might just become the actual jingle for trues and fnews. Oh, the man, poorly I... named quiz show that's sweeping the internet. Oh, I know something I could talk about. My mom got a smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> God, the, the Midwest, <laughs> Midwest excitement. She's discovering that. Yeah. Every time she posts something to Facebook, she tells me, even though I see, because I'm also on Facebook. <laughs> Wait, so she's posting to Facebook and then going, Christy, I posted to Facebook. Yes. Wow. Like, Today, she was like, I posted a, a second picture. I posted a picture of Zoe on Facebook. And I was like, yes, I saw. I'm friends with you on Facebook. Congratulations. <laughs> She's like, you know, I kind of, I, I am enjoying my smartphone. Who knew? And I was like, the rest of the world. <laughs> but I'm glad that they're happy with their phones. It was a long time coming. Yeah, right. And, you know. It Finally, I can send her um, emojis without them turning the rest of my text into, like, uh, Chinese letters. <laughs> Have you noticed a weird thing that iPhones do where the basic text app for iPhone, you can react to texts, but Android phones don't have that. So if I send someone a text and then they, like, like the text, I'll get a text back that says liked quote my whole text end quote oh i mean i have the feature that i can like people's texts messages yeah but i use i think do i use messenger i think i use messenger Maybe for all it. of my texts yeah so i because it was easier just have everything in the same place so i have the ability to react to people's messages i do not have that and it's weird when you get a text back that's your own text again but it just says above it something like laughed at or liked. <laughs> it's like weird that's probably because they're using messenger i think so. i don't think it's a it's an iphone thing i think they're using messenger like i am it probably does it I'm not sure. Does it do it when I do it to you? Nope. Well, we only, we don't use Oh, that's right. Text. We use Allo. Right. So it is weird. I've never seen it before. Millennials. It, I just started to see it and I'm like, weird. Strange. Strange. You, you ready for this? I am so ready for this. Hit me. Woman tries using stolen ID at bank. Person happens to be there. Okay. I think I know you know. I think I think you might be busted. All right, that's fine. We're going to keep okay. going, because who knows? <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Man arrested for breaking into homes and tickling buttholes. <laughs> I mean, if that's not the true one, I don't know what is. 
God, am I so glad that we are going to hear all three of these. <laughs> the call of the black hooded cuckoo bird sounds remarkably like the opening riff of Smoke on the Water. <laughs> okay. Do you want to recap because I, it's I, tradition? Because of tradition, I would like you to read these again. Woman tries using stolen ID at bank. Person happens to be there. Okay. Man arrested for breaking into homes and tickling buttholes. <laughs> the call of the black hooded cocoa bird sounds remarkably like the opening riff of Smoke on the Water. Oh my god. Breaking into homes and tickling buttholes. Yes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's assault. I'm sure, yeah. It's, that would put that on the list of things you shouldn't do. Yes. Don't do not do that. That would be illegal. Uh, I feel bad because I, I believe that the first one is not only true, but happened here. You are correct. Ugh. And I knew that I was running the risk of you knowing that. But also, I like to talk about the local ones when they come up. Oh, definitely. So, so this happened, I think, at PNC on Maho or no, uh, Meridian. Meridian, which is yeah. not the one I go to, but it is my bank. Yeah, so I read something about this maybe a couple of days ago. Maybe yesterday, even. It's recent. Yeah. It's recent. Um, follow link. Don't remove link. I have to talk myself through it every time. <laughs> yeah, okay. so. It was on the WKBN website. Right. Which is local news affiliate. Mm -hmm. And this article was from the 9th. So it was a couple days ago. Um. So one woman was arrested after police say she was caught trying to use a stolen driver's license at a PNC bank. The only problem was the owner of the license was at the bank, too. Uh, Tariana Butler, age 31, was arrested in charge of identity fraud and, and disorderly conduct. Mm -hmm. According to a police report on July 6th, Butler went into PNC Bank on Meridian and tried to cash a $400 check with another woman's driver's license. The woman whose driver's license it was happened to be inside the bank to change her accounts because her wallet had been stolen. Oh, my God. Which contained her driver's license and bank cards. What are the odds that <clears throat> she would go to that very bank? Right. When the teller realized Butler was using a stolen ID, she walked over and alerted the owner of the wallet and called police, according to a report. When police arrived, they say Butler was running from the bank and the other woman was chasing after her. <laughs> police say Butler ran to a car that was parked at AutoZone and tried to take off, but the other woman was able to grab her keys from the ignition, allowing police to then block her vehicle. No Police kidding. say another woman was in the car but took off running when she saw police coming. No kidding. So, like, you go, lady, whose yeah. identity was almost stolen. Like, she, she like, she's like, a, she not a, today. It was like a taken. <laughs> she pulled a taken. It was just, you know, used an extraordinary set of skills to chase her on foot and steal her keys. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Classic Neeson's. Yeah. It's good for her. Yeah. I'm glad she got and her. And for that teller for being like, yeah. This so, is that chick. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, this isn't you, this is that chick. <laughs> it's, it's like improbable that someone would try to right. pull that shit. Well, if you consider like there aren't that many PNCs around yeah, here. You're right. And if she stole her wallet throughout the course, the that course of that lady's day, mm -hmm. it's probably like not that far from the bank. It was probably in her neighborhood where she lived or 
worked or something like that, you know? Right. So it, it's not that, it's not as improbable as it probably. It's not as, <laughs> let's figure it's not that out. As, <laughs> it's not as improbable as it it's seems. probably not as improbable. I added an extra poppable, poppable. Poppable? Poppable. I added some poppables. <laughs> Isn't that like a, like a pretzel snack? What is no, poppables? <laughs> I think they're um, the Lay's chips that look like footballs and have like the oh. holes. Uh, we ate some on the Laura and TJ episode. Oh, that's yeah. Okay. You should know this. You should. You're how, letting everybody how down. How fucking dare you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. Pretty good one. Yeah. I'm sorry that I knew it. It's okay. I really would have liked to hear I, the story of the butthole tickler, but... I was running the risk of it, and I knew I was running the risk of it. Mm. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, Harry gave me that one, the, but, <laughs> the butthole tickler. That sounds weird. Um, Harry gave me the butthole tickler. <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> Phrasing. Phrasing. Um, Phrasing. He sent me the a link to that, and... <laughs> I looked it up to see if it was real or not because it was basically just like a link to a screenshot yeah. of it. And I was like, okay, what's this about? And found out that it wasn't true. Right. But it was great. So I used it. Oh, yeah. That's a fake part. It's awesome. Um, Let us do our middle seggy. Let's so do this. Before we get into the main segment and you tell us all about your adventure, mm-hmm. we're going to have a little taste of the adventure, you and I. Yes, a taste of adventure. We're going to eat one of these MREs yes. that you and Joe ate during your trip. Yes, so these are, these are, okay, so a lot of people don't like eating these, apparently. I found them to be pretty cool. What they are is, you know, like actually like sort of military style meals ready to eat <laughs> that are in a shrink wrapped bag. Oh my God, that's what MRE stands for. Yes, meal ready to eat. I never knew. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know. Um, they come with all these various exciting little components, which I'm unfolding here for you right now. It's um, a lot of things. There's a lot of things. There's a little heater pack so you can have a nice hot little meal no matter where you are. Uh, little pouches with things that say, like, beverage base powder orange. All right. Um, oh, man. Can I, like, add it to my water? <laughs> you actually can. Um, th- this one contains a little silverware, a uh, cheese spread in a tube. These must be crackers. They're often crackers. What is this? Oh, yes. Wheat snack bread. Don't know what that is yet. Um, this says beef snack strip, which is almost definitely jerky. Who boy. Um, and what is this? Uh, this is, uh... There's gonna be lots of opening sounds. I'm sorry, guys. That's, yeah, just, sorry, guys. Uh, this is chocolate banana nut muffin top. Oh, man, just the top. Just the top. They know what it's about. They know the top is the best part. There's also a small pouch which contains things like salt, chewing gum, uh, little... Little things, little little napkin. Actually, I think there's toilet paper, a small portion of toilet paper, uh, which is interesting, to say the least. Um, I mean, they're really concerned about the whole meal, uh, beginning <laughs> and eating all the way to the end of digestion. This is a hot beverage them. bag. Um, can I use that spoon to stir this? You these certainly may. In? So what I'm going to do here... This is a day-glow orange color I wasn't expecting. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things. 
about the MRE is this little clever heating pouch. So it's a little plastic pouch that you tear the top half off of, and then you, you, there's a little bit of you know sort of speed involved in here because what you got to do is get the the rabbit. Wait, they give you speed too? Man, this pouch has everything. Wow. What do you know? <laughs> so this is what we are having for our little MRE dinner is beef ravioli in meat sauce. Mm-hmm. It comes in this freaky opaque green bag. Yeah. Um, kind of kind of don't love that. Which you slide into this sleeve. Um, and you also need to, and there's some coordination involved here. You got to be a little bit quick. So you put some water in this little heating pouch. And then you fold it over and you tuck it in, and it just gets real hot real quick. So let's see if we can do this in a coordinated manner. I'm just going to pour some water in, close the thing up, tuck it in behind the ravioli. It's going to start getting hot here, probably before I can finish doing this. There we go. And all right. Oh, the ravioli's coming out of the bottom. Um, Oh, no. All my raviolis. Oh no. All right, and then tuck that all neatly together. And there we go. And it's now sitting inside this little this little pouch guy. And in a minute here you'll even be able to hear it sizzling. Um what this also does is it describes on there like th- on this little pouch there's a little thing explaining like what the point is of like all the calories they provide you and what happens if you don't eat enough and Strange little things. It says here, you are more active during field training, deployment, and combat than in garrison. You need to eat more and drink more water or other fluids in these situations. Hmm. So just a little friendly reminder that you gotta eat. <clears throat> um, there we go. This is starting to finally heat up there. So should I open up some of these other things? Sure, let's do it. So... We've got... Um, I think this is the muffin top. Yep. <laughs> it's it's suspiciously flat for a muffin top, which I think is kind of funny. Um, I mean, my muffin top is not flat. I'm going to tell you that. You can actually... I can hear this thing sizzling. Um, uh-oh. It's actually bubbling out the top in a way that I don't think it's supposed to do. Um, not even sure if this is... So oh very... Boy. Oh, boy. This is just the muffin top here. This is not supposed to be doing this. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, oh, well, no. Yeah. Are we going to die? I don't think so. Is it? Is that just steam or it's is just, that chemicals? It's just, it's just steam. Okay. <laughs> it's it's supposed to make steam because it is making water. It's heating up the water in there. Okay. It's. <laughs> are we going to die? <laughs> I saw something spraying out of a bag, and you had just said, oh, no, multiple times. That's true. I did not inspire a lot of confidence. I apologize. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this? it's just not supposed to bubble water everywhere, but it, uh, I, I didn't uh, fold that in properly, so that's okay. This is wheat snack bread that I'm opening now. Now, that wheat snack bread is probably going to be really nice with that cheese uh, sauce that's in that little pouch. Do you want to open up the cheese sure. sauce? Sure. I'll open up the cheese sauce for us. Uh, this is really like a very interesting little thing. There's a lot to this meal. It's a little, yeah, it's actually kind of a big meal, surprisingly. This does not look like wheat bread. It's not going to. (laughs) There's much of what is in an MRE does not really resemble, quote, food, end quote. You know, my favorite part about this? 
I can see the outline of the um, little preservative packet in the bread. That's the <laughs> Let me get a little pick of that. Right, like it was like uh, sort of uh, vacuum sealed so well. Right, these uh, the are obviously kind of like vacuum sealed. And right. I like um, that. It's okay. not bad. Okay, um, I is that a beef you, stick? Yep, there's a beef stick here. I encourage you to put some cheese sauce on that uh, that wheat bread bad boy, if you wish. Also, they give us salt. Is that a moist towelette? I think that might be the toilet paper I was talking about. Well, let me get in here and see. This is my favorite. This original beef stick. Individually sealed jerky stick. I'm all right with that. There is, there's a moist Talette. There's mm -hmm. instant coffee. Mm. There's enjoy zero calorie sweetener. Mm. There's a, a non dairy dry creamer for coffee or tea. <laughs> There's hot sauce, baby. You gotta get you oh, know, some of my. that. Oh, what what a dream is this? There's two chiclets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that um, that gum disintegrates really quickly. Fair warning. And, it's okay. And then there's like a little, this is the toilet paper stuff you're talking about. Yeah. It's <laughs> just a nice little, I thought when I saw I that. I can't uh, even get it out of there. I don't know how you would unfold it to use it. <laughs> actually, I thought it was really nice that they not only and feed so you. so thoughtful. But also take care of the poop that you're going to have. Yeah. That's really nice. Well, you figure if you are using this, like you are in the military, then you think yeah. I'd take care of you. Right. And the convenient thing about these for our trip was just basically that you have everything you need to eat all in one little bag. These things don't spoil, you know, basically for like 20 years. And you didn't know, like, where you'd be or how much time you'd have or anything like that. Exactly. So. You have no idea what you're getting into out there. So it's good to have meals, you know, available to you. I'm worried about this meat up. stick. Why is that? I mean, it's not very appealing. And I kind of have texture issues. Yeah, you, uh, you you might not like it that much. Quite frankly, a lot of these things you might not like that much. I mean, it could be worse. However, our main course here, <laughs> ravioli in meat sauce. I mean, this is just a special little thing right here. Yeah, how's that look? It's, uh, <laughs> it looks okay. It's, I, <laughs> I leave this to you <clears throat> to judge I'm taking pictures of all of this, by really? the way. <laughs> it's, it doesn't look It terrible. doesn't look great. <laughs> it doesn't look good either. It's, um, well, anyway. I'm applying some cheese sauce to this wheat bread. <laughs> Do you want the spoon? You can have a little yeah, bite sure. of that ravioli. So we'll take turns. A little pouch of ravioli with little perfectly formed little raviolis inside. Hmm. Did you eat this one on the trip? No, I did not try this one on the trip. Um, I had I had a couple of MREs, but not this. Hmm. The bread tastes like a bread product. I would submit to you that this is okay. Hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> no dying. As I, as I choke on ravioli. I will say, they give you significant <clears throat> portions like... Yes, they do. The amount of ravioli in here is probably like... It's like one and a half to two cups of ravioli, I right, feel like. Right, it's more than what I would probably eat yes. normally. 
I mean, that really is the... That end. muffin top is actually pretty good. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably I'm, like, know. craving chocolate right now, so it's kind of nice. That is good. Ravioli's not bad. I mean, I'd say it's probably about the same as, like, Chef Boyardee. It's really close to Chef... It may be Chef Boyardee. That's the thing. A lot of these things are, like, repurposed other things, you know? Or, like, you'll open one of them up and, oh, man, M&M's. Like, just right. out of nowhere. Well, anything that, like, lasts forever and contains a shit ton of preservatives, you know? Exactly. I think a lot of them are also approaching, like, expiration by the time the MRE people buy them. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Mm. Um, Who knows? But it's not bad. What could you add hot sauce to? I guess the bread. You could add... <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what the purpose of the hot sauce was in here. I mean, you could always... You just contain a bunch of condiments in case... Go spice up that ravioli if you wanted to. Nice little spicy ravioli. I'm not sure that I would. I'm just going to have to taste this, so I want to taste the hot sauce. There's nuts in this muffin top. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not... I like it. It's not all robot food or whatever. It's like actual food. Want to try some of this orange flavor drink? Yeah. Ooh, that hot sauce is almost definitely um, Tabasco. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. Let's see what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? It's probably Tang. It kind of tastes like Tang. I'm imagining it's Tang. Um, I mean, but they don't make Tang anymore. I don't know. Do they not make Tang? They don't make Tang. Why did they stop making Tang? In the early 2000s. Really? <laughs> I had no idea. Pretty sure you can't get Tang anymore, and Tang was way better than this. You know what our favorite thing to do with Tang was? What? Now, as an adult, I call it the diabetes special. But (laughs) as a child, it was delicious. We would take fruit roll-ups and get straight Tang powder and put it in the middle of the fruit roll-up and just roll it up and then eat it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Who was supervising us? You know what? Clearly no one. If you did this as an adult, everyone around you would go, ugh. Right? My God. It's just like adding straight sugar <laughs> to an already sugary product. It really is. Did you try the bread? I haven't tried the bread yet. It's the last thing I haven't try tried Try it here. with a little bit of cheese. Okay. There's a little bread product. This uh, It's odd because it's like definitely not exactly bread, but it's in the shape of it's a piece of bread. It's in the shape of like a piece of toast. <laughs> it's really kind of cute. I like it. It's like I'm pretending to be toast. <laughs> Today I'm bread. <laughs> Tomorrow I'll be pita bread. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. And the cheese sauce isn't really that bad either. I mean, it's it's Velveeta. It's it's essentially easy cheese. Yeah, but in a packet instead of a bottle. Right. Not bad though. I went back for more of the ravi- <laughs> ravioli. <laughs> ravioli. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. I, honestly, I think the whole meal is not bad. And again, it's like. You can consider, like, the conditions in which some people are sitting down to have, like, something really strongly resembling a normal meal. Right. The fact that you can, you know, eat something like this stationed inside, like, you know, like a cave somewhere is really, like, a a marvel of engineering. If I was in a situation where, like, this was my meal option, I wouldn't be upset with this. Yeah, this right. is fine. Exactly. It's it's like especially considering how hard it can be to get food and you know like proper food any other way. Mm-hmm. This is the real deal. 
So thank Not you. So bad. Thank you, U.S. government, <clears throat> for finding some way to Frankenstein ravioli inside this pouch to me. Are these official, like, military ones, or are these just... I'm not 100% clear on this, because I think a big part of their marketing efforts seem to be focused around making it seem like it is. I mean, it's got, like, the seal of the Department of Defense on it, right? And it also says it's U.S. government property and commercial resale is unlawful. But, you know, like, Joe bought them. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So I'm like, I think it's part of the marketing, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're actually official, sort of like if if anyone is actually eating these. Mm-hmm. Eat more of that muffin top. Save me from myself. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's to me an open question of whether they're legit. But they are pretty good. I'm gonna have as my little end of the meal. Mm-hmm. Gonna have one of these chicklets. Have one of them chicklets. You gotta round that out. Yeah, you want the other chicklet? No. I'm not. Are I'm you okay. sure? Yeah, I'm okay. Then I'm just going to have fucking both have chiclets. Have both chiclets. Go crazy. You know, of all these things, hmm. the chiclets are the one that I can't open. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I got them. I got them. You got it. Just had to squeeze them out of there. They're pretty They're pretty solid. The whole thing is pretty solid. Those chiclets <laughs> dissolve really quickly, but, you know, it's nice. You have a little bit of fresh, fresh mint after you eat. Yeah. <laughs> Not Tastes bad. Tastes like a chiclet. So, anyways, yeah, this is a really interesting little thing. Do they still make chiclets? I think so. Because I was going to say, if not, this MRE was put together back when they still made chiclets. That's entire. <laughs> I mean, like I said, this stuff is supposed to last years without spoiling. Yeah. Up to like 10 to 20 years or something. I believe it. Uh-huh. Hmm. The miracle of modern engineering. Yeah. And food science. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. <clears throat> I'm into it. And not something I would eat, obviously, all the time. Right. But it's good to know that if you're in a bind and you have one of these, not so bad. If you have a couple of these in your trunk, you will not starve in, in a, you know, situation where you end up marooned somewhere. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And I think it's like a more than healthy portion size. Yeah. Well, it's designed to, you know, provide you with replacement calories for a really, really active, you know, day. Yeah. Not so, for me. <laughs> right. Not for us sitting around talking about things, you know. But like, you know. Which is why we're not eating the whole thing. <laughs> we're yeah, just having bites. Yeah, you you might not. I might eat more of this in a minute. <laughs> You're welcome to it. Um, but anyway, I guess that's, that's kind of it for the middle segment. So maybe we should take a break here Mm -hmm. and come back in a few minutes with the main topic for this episode. I'm going to eat more of this. I'm going to drink more of this tang type beverage. Okay. While I eat my chiclets. (laughs) Not a great combo. No. Because mint and orange doesn't really go together. Not great. But that was my fault. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I did this to myself. We'll be back in a minute with the main segment for this episode. So right. stick around. Bye bye. And we're back. And we're back. 
we are back. My God, what a, what a very dense little meal. Yes. My, I'm feeling like a rock in my belly. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking it wasn't even, I'm thinking it was that bread. Well, it was basically a rock made of bread. I think so. It was a we bread, discussed, bread rock. We looked at the calories and it's about the same amount of calories as two regular slices of bread. Yeah, but just smushed down like into a yeah, little Yeah, real bread. dense. Yeah. Yeah. It was all right. I do like that it's shaped like a piece of bread. <laughs> But it clearly, like, it doesn't look quite like a piece of bread. It's got, like, perforations in it. Yeah. I'm pretending to be bread. It's, you know what it reminds me of? Huh? The pizza crust from the Yes, the uh, Lunchables, Lunchables pizza crust. Yeah, that's what it's like. That's the texture. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. It's, like, Which dense. makes sense, because it's another thing that, like, lasts forever. <laughs> yeah, right. wonder how long a Lunchable will hold up. I don't know. Let's Probably do the experiment. Why? I think okay. we need to do the experiment. I think we need to get a pizza lunchable, set it on this table. And look table. at the expiration date. We'll just set it on this table and we'll wait to see until it gets real and weird. That's going to be fun considering <laughs> you do other podcasts here right. and we podcast here. And it's, You know, we'll put a, I have a shelf that I'm going to put down in this room. We'll just set it right on the shelf. It's going to be the experimentation corner. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the check out this mm. shit shelf. And on there is going to be one pizza lunchable slowly rotting. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Sounds like a good use of space. I mean, I think so. <laughs> um, so you want to talk about the main segment here? You want to do the so, damn thing? So Dave went away for a week. I did. Well, not quite a week, but part <clears throat> of a week. He abandoned me. That's right. He abandoned me. He left me behind. Yeah. <gasps> I had a case of the vapors. <laughs> Well, really, it was, was a gone. week. It was Friday to Friday. It was a whole week. I left Friday night. Oh. I got back Friday night. I guess that's true. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yes, he was gone for a week. Um, I wanted to go, but I couldn't get the time off. And so he has withheld information of yes. what happened on the trip. I know little bits and pieces, but not some, not the juicy stuff. Right. Um, and I know vaguely that I know he was in the Rockies. He did text me updates of where he was when he mm-hmm. had reception. So I knew he wasn't dead. Um, <laughs> that was about it. Right. So, so now I'm ready <clears throat> to know more. The very little that I did tell you. Uh, I know there was bear stuff. There was, there was that was, but was basically, I did, I did clue you in that I was going to be gone looking for yes. treasure. Yes. And that is what this was. It was a week-long real-life treasure hunt based on an actual treasure hidden by a real, currently living person. Yes. Um, <clears throat> which was so incredibly cool. And you can look this up yourself if you have, you know, any any doubt as to the veracity of this story. It's pretty well covered. But this is a treasure hunt <clears throat> for and the... And please, Dave. What? Treasure. I'm sorry, treasure. Yes, thank you. <laughs> A treasure Man. hunt. Goes on a treasure hunt for one week and doesn't even remember how to say the word treasure. <laughs> so, yeah, I was gone a week looking for real life treasure. Um, the best part for me about this trip was me telling other people, oh, yeah, my boyfriend's out of town. And then being like, oh, yeah, where is he? And then me having to say something to the tune of, 
I don't really know <laughs> because I'm not allowed to. And then very confused. Yeah, the very lo- I'm confused. sure the looks you got must have been great. Uh, oh, so your like, boyfriend refuses to tell you where he went. You're not allowed to? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I have to explain, like, we have a podcast. He's yeah. doing this thing. I know kind of what he's doing, but I don't want to know the details until we do the podcast and the whole thing. Yeah. But, like, you know, I don't want to have to have that conversation every time. But you can't just say, my boyfriend went away for a week and I'm not allowed to know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so what this was, was like a week-long trip out to the West, like out to the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. Which was super cool and uh, gave me an opportunity to do all kinds of things I'd done a long time. Um, but I want to start this this episode talking about Forrest Fenn, right? Yes. He is the initiator of this. He is the person who hid the treasure. The, yes, the hider of the treasure. Uh, Forrest Fenn is a real dude um, who has written several books. He uh, He's in his 80s right now. He might actually be in his 90s now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, uh, he, he he grew up in Texas. He was a, a, a really big sort of – he was really big into parks and wildlife and the great outdoors kind of thing. Um, took lots of trips to Yellowstone and areas like that, just like a huge, like a, you know, woodland enthusiast. Um, and also a World War II fighter pilot. Hmm. The, the guy has led a very interesting life. Um, <clears throat> but the relevant thing to this story is that across the, 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 the course of his life, at one point he took up um, antique dealing <laughs> and collecting things and, and art dealing, you know, and he... he he picked up and acquired a lot of very interesting things along Made the way. Made some coin, that's what you're saying. He did make some coin. He, he you know, acquired a ton of gold, most relevant uh, to to this story. Mm. Um, <clears throat> a lot of old gold coins, a lot of uh, double eagles and uh, things like that. Um, lots of gemstones and just, you know, like very unique, precious, rare stuff. I can see you're looking up. Uh, the the treasure itself right now. Well, no, I wanted to see what he looked like. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> what I was. I was looking at a picture of him. Yeah. I don't know why I imagined him to look different than this because this is exactly <laughs> the kind of person who would hide gold in the wilderness. Yeah, something about him makes sense when you. He see has him. a little Indiana Jones hat in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. It makes so much sense. <laughs> He does, doesn't he look adorable in his little Indiana Jones hat? He does. He sure does. Mm. Uh, he currently lives in uh, Santa Fe, uh, New Mexico, and has told people, among other... Well, here, let me get to the real meat of this. Uh, something like 10 years ago, or a little longer, uh, Forrest was diagnosed with cancer, right? Uh, and he had it sort of in his head that... You know, if he was going to die, you know, he was going to die his way, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to take, you know, a he wanted to take his treasure out to, to, to the woods and essentially die there with it. Mm-hmm. You know, he was going to go out and do this sort of like very sort of like strange old timey kind of thing. Of like, so you can find my body and right. this treasure. Right. It's like a very strange, old-timey, mysterious thing to do. Yeah. Um, I actually might be getting that wrong, because he might have just intended to go out there and, and 
die, essentially, die on his terms. And then later, when things change, decided yeah. to put treasure there. That makes more sense That does make more me. sense. Because uh, he, he survived. I mean, he beat, he beat the cancer, or at least it was you know, in remission, and he you know, is still alive to this day. Mm-hmm. But what he did was in 2010, he revealed to everybody, by way of a, a book that he had published, mm-hmm. uh, that he had hidden is treasure. Is that the book that you bought? <laughs> okay, so the book that I bought, I thought was that book, but it wasn't. I just have another one of his books now. Oh, I mean, that's okay. Yeah, it's still useful, and there's still some sort of clues scattered throughout the book. Mm-hmm. But the the actual the the book that he revealed the location of the treasure in uh, is a book called Too Far to Walk. Okay, and you're using the word "revealed" very loosely because it's not. He doesn't come out and say it. It's in the form of a poem, right? Well, yeah. I mean, he did reveal and be very clear with people that he had hidden treasure. But the location of the treasure is only discernible via a poem that he wrote and published in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, also inside this book with the poem is a map. It was one of the things you scrolled past there that I noticed. And it's mm-hmm. it roughly outlines the area within a four-state range along the, the Rocky Mountains where the treasure might be. Um. And I figured I'd read this poem on the podcast. I mean, if this... Can I read it? Yeah, if you want to. I like to read poems. Sure. Here. So the poem starts right there at the top where the italics are. You don't say. Where the italics are. It's called the poem. (laughs) I just wrote the poem. As I have gone alone in there, and with my treasures bold, I can keep my secret where, and hint of riches new and old. Begin it where warm waters halt, and take it in the canyon down, not far, but too far to walk. Put in below the home of brown. From there it's no place for the meek, the end is ever drawing nigh. There'll be no paddle up your creek, just heavy loads and water high. If you've been wise and found the blaze, look quickly down your quest to cease. But Tori scant with marvel gaze, just take the chest and go in peace. So why is it that I must go and leave my trove for all to seek? The answer is I already know. I've done it tired and now I'm weak. So hear me all and listen good. Your effort will be worth the cold. If you are brave and in the wood, I give you title to the gold. Yep. That's <laughs> it. Now, embedded in this poem is, I believe, nine total clues. Mm-hmm. Um, He has never been direct about what those are. Most people are pretty sure that they know which ones, which lines or clues. Yeah. But apparently like every word of this poem is very deliberate. Yeah. It's a very carefully crafted poem that he worked on for like years in an attempt to, you know, make this very subtly obvious to the person who is in the right place to follow it. And I do want to mention, because this is a question I had. Mm-hmm. It does seem like he has checked in on it from time to time and is aware that the treasure is still intact. So this isn't like a fruitless people are searching, but someone already got it kind of it, thing. Well, it's mysterious about how he knows, because I would think I would think there's no way this guy can go somewhere and not be followed now. Drones. Right? Hmm? He's a drone. He has a drone and he flies it over. <laughs> well. Who knows? Maybe. Or he he <clears throat> trusts 
maybe one person to know where it is, someone who's more fit than him. And He has said that there was one guy he told where the treasure was, and that guy died. So. I mean, my, my only thing that has me questioning whether or not he really knows where it is is just the fact that he's in his 80s or 90s, and mm-hmm. he's saying things like, too far to walk. You know, like, this is not an easy environment. Right. So I I can only imagine how difficult it could be to go check on it every year, you know? There have been some attempts to use logic to ascertain certain things about the, the poem and using other statements he's made to determine things about the treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that people have essentially logicked their way into, and I kind of think it makes sense, is that it's very possible from the location of the second clue... Um, would be and would be possibly two to five hundred feet away from the treasure itself, just based on what some things that he said outside of the poem. Mm-hmm. So it's very possible that if you can get from the first clue to the second, you're already just five hundred feet away. And supposedly, this isn't like buried treasure; it's right somewhere that you'll be able to find it. That's now, an important distinction. It's my not my under the other ground. my other thing that I brought up was now he supposedly was checking on it. Who knows how frequently? But things change in the mm-hmm. wilderness, so yeah. who knows? The wind didn't blow dirt over it, or something eroded, or there was a rock slide, or yeah, or flooding, flooding, or a tree fell and is obscuring it. Like yeah. any number of things can happen in nature. Not to mention animals, right? So exactly. how is it secured? How do you know it hasn't been <coughs> disturbed and is as obvious as it originally was? One of the things about it is that the chest is supposed to weigh approximately 40 pounds. How are you going to get it out of there? And what's that? How are you going to get it out of there? I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it really, it's fairly, it's not incredibly heavy, but it's heavy enough to, like, sit tight. And it also might be heavy enough to sink in something. Yeah. So it's like, I would think that he would have considered all this. He was mm-hmm. relatively careful about a lot of aspects of this. But, who knows? I mean... So what you do is you locate it, then you go and you buy a radio flyer wagon, you come back, (laughs) toss it in your little wagon. Toss it in your little wagon. (laughs) Naturally. That Uh that doesn't look silly or anything. Nope. Grown man with a radio flyer wagon (laughs) walking into the woods. So, um, so my buddy Joe and I decided to actually take (laughs) on trying to find this treasure. 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 Uh, excuse me, treasure. <laughs> uh, now, this was like basically a month and a half worth of planning mm-hmm. and research and studying of maps. It was a very difficult process searching through a lot of, of areas that didn't turn up anything good. You were very excited when you found out you're going to be doing this. Yeah, I, I remember that day. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to go. I think I have to go look for treasure. <laughs> it was all I could think about. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's super exciting. You know, how often exciting. do you get a chance to do something like it's that? It's exciting. It's the kind of thing that when you say you're going searching for treasure, most people are like, you're off your head. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like you're crazy and you're making something up because that's the trope. <laughs> right. But the fact that it is like 
pretty widely known to be legit. Yeah. Like, it's a cool thing. Like I said, I really wanted to go. Yeah. There's always, you know, there's always more opportunities to go out into the, the wilderness, right? It's true. Um, there's one, of, one of the things is there's a very serious contingent of people who do not believe that there is any treasure. Mm-hmm. Now, pictures of the chest have been published, mm-hmm. and um, at least one guy who knows Forrest very well and is pretty convinced he's not BSing both saw it in <clears throat> Forrest's house in his vault, his, his safe, and then saw it gone. Mm-hmm. And that guy is convinced enough, you know, that that the treasure was actually placed somewhere. And honestly, I really, I really do believe this guy. Um, there's, there's plenty of good reason to be skeptical after all. I mean, right. you know, it's because a lot of people think that the entire point of this chest is just to get people out into the woods and experiencing nature. And that that is in its own way, his only real goal is to get people out to explore the great outdoors. Mm-hmm. And that would be possible and feasible Except that I think this guy is a lot of things. He's an exaggerator. He definitely is a tall tales kind of guy. If you read some of his writing, mm-hmm. he's definitely a tall tale guy. It's but like it, a like the movie Big Fish. Yeah. That's the first thing I think about when I think of this kind of thing. But I don't think he's a liar. Mm. I don't think he's a guy who would outright lie. I do think he's a guy who will double speak to deceive and to confuse and trick trip people up along this this mm-hmm. this chase. But I don't would think he's you, a liar. Would you call this maybe a like a goose chase? <laughs> it's so perfect for our show. <laughs> it's so incredibly perfect because that's basically what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was on a wild goose chase through the Rocky Mountains. <clears throat> I love it. Uh, so we had narrowed in on two possible search areas. Um, tracking these things down is very Tracking down locations that meet the clues is difficult. I can imagine, especially from afar and not having been familiar mm-hmm. with the areas yeah. in person. One of the hardest things about this, and something that I learned in retrospect, is you don't know nothing after looking at Google Maps. You yeah. just don't know. Um, I was shocked at how little I actually understood of the terrain. Mm-hmm. Having looked at Google Maps for hours and hours. And to arrive there and find it to be a completely different place. Yeah. Um, but uh, so the, the two areas that we focused on were in northwest Colorado and then in sort of southern central-ish Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two areas are about four hours apart from each other. Um, the, the first is Dinosaur <laughs> National Monument in Colorado and the second was the Shoshone uh, National Forest in Wyoming. Um, We had arrived at those areas, again, by trying to use the clues to find areas that made sense with the clues, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the case case in point, we are starting location in Dinosaur National Monument. It was a place called the Gates of Lodore. Mm -hmm. The Gates of Lodore are a fascinating and very beautiful natural formation carved into the mountains by like you know millennia of you know like like the grand canyon mm-hmm. the way that just like carves a river carves its way through yeah and there are these really giant cliffs on either side of the green river right mm-hmm. so that was what we considered possibly to be where warm waters halt the idea being halt is a word that you know what do you do at gates right mm-hmm. you halt at gates so we thought okay this is possibly 
a subtle indication that that would be our starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we got there, we were we were shocked to see exactly how little you can do on foot from the gates. And this is one of the things that really tripped us up is we had sort of studied the map from overhead and thought, okay, well, once you're here, you could walk down the river along this side mm-hmm. and get to this place and then walk off there. We were shocked <laughs> to find that that's not the case at all. Once you're at the the sort of location we started at, you're stuck. Mm-hmm. You can't go anywhere. You can't walk into the river and there's no access around. You guys mentioned, is this where the forging the river happened or is that at another point? That, that comes later. That was the epic conclusion of our trip. <laughs> and it was super epic. It was exhausting. Yeah. Um, you mentioned to me that if I was on this trip, some of the things that happened probably wouldn't have happened because I would have been like, there's another way to do this. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like pretty possible that you would have, if you had been there, you'd been like, no, this is not, we are not going this way. That is stupid. Um, But we, intrepid explorers that we are, uh, just kind of took what was probably not always the smartest path (laughs) around. Um, But let me talk a little bit more about the gates of Lador here. Yes, please. Uh, So we stopped there the first day and we camped. We built up, we built camp and we had explored a trail that walked up to the gates and uh, discovering that there wasn't a whole lot that we could do, we st- basically stopped there and we stayed the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second night, or the second day, essentially, we decided that we were going to have to go somewhere else and explore around a bit. Um, we weren't sure exactly where we were going to go. Um, it took us, again, we drove there. We right. dro- We drove there from Cleveland. It took us from, from, oh boy, so it it took us. You left Friday night. You picked yeah. him up at the airport Friday night, uh-huh. and you stopped that night a little bit past Chicago, mm-hmm. which was about six hours. Yes. Um, it took us until basically sometime early Sunday to actually arrive there, mm-hmm. uh, at which point we were completely exhausted uh there was like a little bit of like a midday nap on sunday and a little bit of exploring around um before we uh decided that what we you know needed to do was essentially have a night of rest and then take off looking somewhere else the next day Mm -hmm. so monday uh having done a little bit of exploring uh, around that area, we set off looking for other areas, other search locations within the general area that might also match our clues. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a big sort of central like question about this poem, which what exactly in the hell is the home of Brown? Right. Mm-hmm. No one can figure this out. It's like it's like there's everything is named Brown. Yeah. Which is so infuriating. Like if you set out to look for the answer to this, this this poem you'll you'll, find it a billion times that's the thing it drives you crazy and so many people have driven themselves crazy with solutions that don't make sense yeah the best part of this by far is the feeling of superiority you get when you read other people's solutions to this problem (laughs) because you read things and go that doesn't make any sense at all 
but they've talked themselves into it. And the thing is kind of so of you. Yeah. You know? Uh, because there's so many possible ways to solve this. And the word brown is like all over the place. Well, it's one of those things because it's common, it seems like it would be a good starting point because it's f- it's familiar. But that is the reason it's not a great starting point because right. you're in the Rockies. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everything is brown. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's Brown's Cabin and Brown Mountain and the Brown River. And uh, brown, the, we were in the brown the uh, Brown's uh, Nature Reservoir. And there's a story about a guy named Brown that maybe did or maybe didn't exist. And that just everything brown everywhere. Mm. Um, <laughs> funny enough. You, if you could believe it, people have literally dug up porta potties looking for treasure oh my because goodness. they thought that a toilet was the home of Brown. That is not a joke. I love that. That is absolutely the truth. I love that, and I love that they think Forrest Fenn would hide his treasure in a porta potty. I know. Well, because it's like. The other thing that can be very helpful here is going, but wait, this is going to be a place that he was going to deposit his own body. Right. Is he going to crawl in a toilet and die? <laughs> <Porta> potty. <laughs> was, was he going to crawl in a toilet and die? <laughs> no, of course not. Sillies. But we had a really good laugh thinking about this, about yeah. the cops coming up on some guys digging up a toilet and they're going, I'm sorry, officer, you don't understand. We were looking for treasure. <laughs> I love that. Right? This must have actually happened. What a ridiculous <laughs> thing that is. Um, but, okay, so having sort of revised our search around the gates of Lodor and finding that it was not easily passable, um, we ended up looking around Brown's... Thou shall not pass. You shall not pass, is what we were told by the river. Um, <laughs> we, we, oh, oh, man, you found a talking river? <laughs> yeah. The lady of the river came out and said, buzz off. Oh, jeez, Dave. I mean, you don't even need a treasure. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. It was really beautiful, though. But we relocated. So we went to, we went sort of around uh, a long way. Everything out there is far apart. It took us, you know, like over an hour to get to the nearest town to get bug spray. (laughs) Everything's very, very far apart. Yeah. Um, We ended up relocating on the second day. To uh, this site along the uh, what is the Brown uh, Brown's National or Brown's Wildlife Refuge? I'm, I'm sure I'm getting this name wrong. It's like a wildlife uh, reserve mm-hmm. um, right along the Green River out there. Um, oh, but that's House of Green. You should have known better. <laughs> well, y- you know we, the <laughs> but it is Brown's. It's the home of Browns. We're like, okay, maybe. Yeah, I'm just teasing you. But the, but the thing that was really getting us is this line, there'll be no paddle up your creek, just heavy loads and water high, right? Mm-hmm. So what we essentially started doing was solving the poem in a way that didn't make sense naturally on a first read, but, you know, what if the gates are still the place where warm waters halt, but you don't follow them downriver, you follow them upriver. It's the kind of thing that a crazy old man who hid his treasure might think of. Mm-hmm. Right? A thing that would confound people assuming that you're supposed to follow the river in the direction of the river. We thought, okay, maybe this is a clever thing. And if you follow that river backwards, you arrive at Brown's Refuge. Okay. And then from there, it would be the matter of 
you know, finding a canyon and a creek, essentially. Some of the next steps in the poem, right? Mm-hmm. What we arrived at was there happened to be this creek that runs into the river off of Brown's Wildlife Refuge. And we thought, maybe this is something. Mm-hmm. So going around there and finding, we, we found a camping area that was not on the map, had no mm-hmm. idea it existed. We set up camp and we went out to investigate. And this was what would be the most horrifying moment of this whole trip for me. <laughs> this was this was so alarming to me. Keeping in mind, we're in bear country. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a place where you absolutely must carry bear spray and have some idea about how to deal with bears. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know anything about this before we went out. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I learned is that generally bears don't want to come up on people and generally they don't want to attack. And generally, if you're loud enough and you let them know you're coming, they you know, they, they will get out They'll of the way. They'll avoid you. Right. And this is something I was told many times. This would be bad for me because I've learned about myself. I'm a naturally sneaky person. <laughs> I don't mean to be, but I tend to be kind of quiet. Yeah. And well, I mean, like. I'm not, but like, <laughs> I'm not a quiet person, but like moving, why, like walking, moving. Yeah. I lived with my friend Hillary at one point, and during that brief time, she continuously forgot that I lived with her <laughs> because I just like stay in my room, do my what I had to do, and then. I'd be like walking down the hall and she'd go to leave her room at the exact moment I was passing by and she'd go, oh my God, oh my God, I forgot you lived here. And I was like, thank you. So sneaky. (laughs) And I accidentally sneak up up on people all the time, just naturally sneaky. I wouldn't want to do that to a bear. I just thought of the Milford Academy from uh, from uh, from Arrested Development, the boys who are neither seen nor heard. (laughs) It's like a private school where, like, even in class photos, everyone's hiding behind something. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. So, um, So we went out to investigate the area that we were at. We went specifically to look after this creek. Uh, The name of the creek is now escaping me. Um, And we found where it meets the river. And it did indeed sort of dry up as you go out, which, you know, there'll be no paddle up your creek made perfect sense in that light. Is it's Mm -hmm. a dry creek, right? So we went to kind of follow it. And we discovered that it went into this area that was sort of closed off. Like you can't really walk down into, but it's basically this big, giant, open, beautiful oasis. Right? It's like... Uh, you know, in the middle of like, there's like high up trails around it, and then it dips down and into this beautiful, uh, basically unspoiled uh, stretch of land mm-hmm. with tall reeds. And, you know, the mountains are around the distance and all that. We're walking up and looking at all this around like seven o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Still lots of daylight left, but it's kind of getting dusky. Yeah. And we've walked up. You know, maybe like half a mile up this this road that goes alongside the open central oasis of this thing. And we decide we probably ought to head back. And as we turn around and go back, we are looking into the area. And Joe stops me and goes, do you see that? He says, that is a bear. 
Oh, no. And it's down in the center there. We see this thing up on its hind legs. It's a dark brown. It's it. it we see a, a bear on, you know, a dark brown bear with like a light brown belly. And we stop, <laughs> like freeze. I like remembering how I felt about this at the time is still like still gets Terrifying. my heart going. Yeah, I could tell. Um, because the thing is. It stopped and looking right at us. Oh, geez. It sees us before we see it, you know? Mm-hmm. So we do the thing you're supposed to do. We just sort of walk backwards carefully. Hand how, so how far away from you would you say it is? I would say it was about three or 400 feet. Okay, that's pretty close. It's close enough that, you know, it still seems far, but, you know, it would have been able to cross. I was going to say, really it could cross that pretty fast. Yeah. We back up. We're trying to strategize ways to go any other way, right? Right. Um, but it's becoming apparent to us that there isn't another way down. So we're going to have to go past this thing and at one point pass it as close as like 100 feet. Uh, to go past that way and to make things worse, it would be between us and it would be high reeds that you can't see through. Right? So we wouldn't know where it was. Mm, I don't like this. I know. So we walk back up to the ridge to look at it. And it's still there on its hind legs, right by this little tree looking at us. And we both just kind of have our hands on our bear spray. We're just kind of watching it. And it turns its head to the side. And immediately we are relieved because that is not a bear. <laughs> Wait, what? It was... Not a bear. What was it? It was this odd moose-looking animal. <laughs> it was... I still, on its hind legs? That's the thing. It appeared in every way to be a bear on its hind legs. Uh-huh. When, we, when it turned its head, we saw its long face. But when it was facing us, we couldn't see that. Okay. So it was just a really tall moose? It was, it was, like, a, it was like a moose. But with no antlers, there's these little tiny nubs, basically, which we didn't we didn't notice at the time. We couldn't see at the time. So having made the very brave and heroic decision to reapproach a bear, <laughs> we were greeted with the happy reality that it was not a bear. <laughs> <laughs> which also made all the previous strategizing about how to get out of there really funny. Yeah. Um, we dubbed him Big Boy. <laughs> we named, he did mention that We named him Big Boy And he also had a little son with him Aww Which was kind of adorable But it was it was The way that we talked about this was like From his perspective Like like sitting out there going Hey son, watch this And just like pull his head back Do this weird thing I bet they'll think I'm a bear Oh shit, they're running away This is awesome <laughs> And then, oh, they're back Oh, <clears throat> watch this Just do a stupid little pose again and then, oh no, I think they figured it out. <laughs> uh, we gotta get out of here. Um, so that was that was that day. We went back, we camped, we slept that night out there. Uh, I was convinced for a large portion of the night that we were being surrounded by mountain lions. <laughs> it was man. Next time you do this, you we really have to get on some anxiety meds beforehand. <laughs> Well, there was, the thing is, the way my tent was laid out, every time I moved, 
there was a rustling under the tent, but it also wasn't coming from the sound was very confusing because it's this very little backpacker tent mm-hmm. and the grass is very long. So it sounded like things were going around my tent, mm-hmm. like walking around my tent. Right. Um, and even I would hear noises that sounded like crunching when there was nothing there. So it was really, really trippy. The next day, we go back out to the same area we had been at. We looked around. We discover maybe a two-minute walk from where we camped. Bear tracks. Actual bear tracks. Mm. Right outside where we were camping. Without a doubt, there actually was a bear that we did not see. Yeah. Pretty nearby. Print as large as Joe's hand. Fairly large, you know, bear track. Yeah. Um, we also were debating on going down into this area where we had seen Big Boy. Mm-hmm. But by around 9 or 10 o'clock, we started to hear rattlesnakes. And a lot of them. It was surprising how many rattlesnakes. It sounded like 10 to 15 rattlesnakes had to be out there. Just as we were walking by. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Like they just rattled. They just rattled all the, the time. The thing is they rattled when we walked. Okay. They would hear us go by or we'd say something and they would rattle in response. Mm. That's another thing about rattlesnakes. It's kind of the same thing like with bears is the rattle is a, is a warning to you. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't generally come after you. But if they hear you, they'll warn you to stay away. Yeah. And we had walked... Besides that area, farther down another path. So how did you figure out that sound was rattlesnakes? How do we figure out that sound was rattlesnakes? We were, well, we were fairly certain that it was. It was in response. It was always in response to a noise that we made or like a motion, you know, it would like I'm, kind of follow I'm us. I'm just asking because I'm not that big of a nature person. I'm not sure that if I heard that right. kind of an abstract sound that I'm not used to because I've never really been around a rattlesnake. I don't know that my first thought would be, oh, that's a rattlesnake. Right. Well, I definitely, I relied on Joe's expertise there. And he has, you know, some more experience with outdoor stuff. It sounded like what I knew a rattlesnake to sound like. So we didn't see them, but we were very certain that there were a great number of them. And that's an area where rattlesnakes live. Mm-hmm. You know. So we were. I mean, your first tip was that it's called rattlesnake condo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Rattlesnake condo. Not a great place to stay. It's like a retirement home for rattlesnakes. So we decided we decided another thing at this point, um, which was that Forrest has been very clear about the fact that he would not place, the treasure would be in a, a place that is safe that you would feel comfortable bringing your kids. Okay. That's a really important distinction and knowing that is a good way to keep yourself from getting killed on this treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. A number of people have died looking for this. Usually by doing things that are pretty ill-advised, having convinced themselves that the treasure is in a, a perilous place that it probably wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So as much as it pained us to do it, we kind of had to make an executive decision and say, okay... It's not going to be in there. It's not going to be in a place heavily populated with rattlesnakes. (laughs) It's not going to be in a place that you can't get down to except by scaling down this like series of iron rungs that are not exactly a ladder, but that you can climb down. It wouldn't be there. It was our decision. And we really didn't want to 
go through the thick reeds and all that to get into a place because if there's a rattlesnake there, you won't see it. You've gotten close enough for it to feel threatened. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we were so far, we were an hour away from help. Mm-hmm. Rattlesnake venom will, will, you know, necrotize your flesh faster than that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what, or however exactly it operates, I forget, but so we made an executive decision. We had searched this area enough. We still had, you know, several days left in the trip. So we took off for our second location. Um, and the second location, like I said, was the Shoshone National Forest. Mm-hmm. This was one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in my life. Remind me where that was again. So that is basically from Yellowstone. It is the southeast of Yellowstone. I mean, what state? It's in Wyoming. That's the one in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there were some things about this area that were really promising to us. Number one being that Forrest Fenn is a member of the Buffalo Bill Cody Society. He's like a contributing, you know, uh, member of the society. And he, the Buffalo Bill Cody Museum in Cody, Wyoming is full of stuff that Forrest donated to it. Okay. He has like a, he's like a pretty so it would regular possibly visitor. make sense <clears throat> for the place where he would want to take his own life. Maybe. Yes. A place that he spent a lot of time and he, you know, that's mm-hmm. a thing that's important to him. That makes sense to me. Lots of people have suggested that this treasure is in Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Lots of people. Um, our thought on this was just that, well, people have searched the hell out of Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the number one most likely place for people to be looking and they haven't found it. So we thought, what else is in the area? What can we investigate? And we were looking at, in particular at a stretch of... Uh, along the Wood River in the Shosh- in Shoshone National Forest. Part of the reason for that being that the end of the poem closes with "If you are brave and in the wood." Mm-hmm. So we thought, okay, is that an indication? Possibly. Um, there's a brown mountain out in the area. I mean, all of this information is not unique to our solve. People have pointed this out <laughs> as a possibility before. Mm-hmm. There is also. Um, out in that area along that river is Amelia Earhart's cabin remnants, uh, a cabin that was never completely built. But Forrest uh, has expressed admiration for Amelia Earhart. He was a pilot. She was a pilot, you know. So we thought that there were, you know, there's some other additional reasons, but we thought this might be a good place to look. So <clears throat> what we did was we we drove basically down a forest road as far as we could until we hit a place that was impassable to us. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that's crazy about out there is that like the river crosses the road in all these different places. And there's a lot of things you can't get to in like a Chevy cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's basically what we found is like you really can't drive across all of that. Uh, there's areas where it's several feet deep, you know. Mm-hmm. So we parked the car as close to the area we wanted to search and walked. And our walk, our hike, was 4.6 miles up a mountain. Jesus. It was, it was, it was exhausting. It was, this was the, this is one of the hardest things I ever did. <laughs> like, I still kind of can't believe I did it. 4.6 miles does not sound like that much. For the record, I'm proud of you. I'm, <laughs> I, it taught me some stuff about myself. <laughs> really, that, like, that's, and I'll get to that later, but... 
I learned some things. Um, 4.6 miles is not all that far in general. It is really difficult up a mountain. Yeah. It is really difficult when your shoes are full of water. Mm-hmm. I was I was walking around making squishing noises. My shoes were completely full of water. Uh, we had to cross the river by foot at several points, and there was no way around. Mm-hmm. Which meant, at some points, taking little baby steps with with water up to you know like the mid calf or up to your knee, and trying not to get swept away by an active river current. Um, it involved uh, just you know this this. What felt like a forever hike up. It just felt like it kept going up and up and up and up. Um, we were we brought a water filter and we were drinking filtered river water, mm-hmm. which was a strange experience. And to make all of this even more humiliating, people kept going by in four by four vehicles mm. and just kind of looking at us <laughs> um, because no one walks that road. Yeah. No one should. Yeah. <laughs> it's not meant to be walked, which we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the joke was that uh, because Joe had a safari looking hat on, the people would go by and go, oh, my God, that what that poor man. Oh, no, he's got a guide. He'll be fine. The guy, <laughs> the guy, the guy with the hat on is the guide. It'll be OK. Wait, you heard people say this? No, this or is, th- that's your joke. <laughs> that was our interpretation of the looks that they were giving us. Is at first terror and then laughter. Yeah. Some people were genuinely laughing as they went past us. And I think they must have known we ran over our heads. I mean, but that, I don't know, that kind of makes sense for the too far to walk thing. That's the thing. I'm still not convinced that we were not looking at a very strong place. Um, Forrest has we made... We gotta get you a 4x4 vehicle here. <laughs> I know. Um, Forrest has offered other clues about where the treasure is. Mm-hmm. One of them is that the treasure is between six to 10,000 feet in elevation, right? Mm-hmm. Both of our search areas met that description. Another clue he's given is that you would smell sage grass and uh, pine nuts and that there would be lots of wildlife. We saw that in abundance in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just another sort of like incidental detail, but it felt it felt like confirmation and it was kind of like we needed something to keep us going. Mm-hmm. And that really the higher up we went, the more we saw these beautiful, brilliant bursts of like like uh, pine nuts on pine trees, these bright orange, you know. And Could that be the blaze? The blaze. Oh, boy, the blaze. The subject of the blaze is is it's it's insane. Like, try, trying to figure out what that is. I mean, it could be reference to, like, the sun, the way the sun rises or sets. Or it could be, you mm-hmm. know, the effect of a certain flowering plant. Who yeah. knows? People have lots of ideas about what it might be. Um, some people think that they're, they're looking for something with like an F carved in it somewhere, you know, and um, no one's really found any good evidence of that yet. Other people have said that Forrest has kind of implied that the blaze is something white, like a white rock. So maybe it'd be like a really out of place white rock somewhere that would just draw your eye, you know. Mm-hmm. It had occurred to us that at some point, 
we could try and figure out what the blaze was as much as we wanted, but it would ultimately almost definitely be something that you would see and just go, that's it. Yeah. Somehow that it would call attention to itself very clearly. Um, Weirdly, it's just a strange little oasis out in the forest reserve and it's called the blaze. (laughs) And all you have to do is ask them for the treasure and they'll get it from the back for you. The blaze is you walk far enough into the woods and then you see forests lighting a fire around you and then you die. (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting a long time for this. Never really told anyone, but this is my treasure, not yours. Yeah. I don't know why I think he sounds like that, but that's how I think he sounds. Uh, my impression of Forrest, even though he doesn't sound like this, is, Hello, my name's Forrest Finn. <laughs> <laughs> I am tr- are tr- there any videos? Are there any interviews with him? Many. What's he actually sound like? He actually, an impression of him would be very difficult, I guess, but he just kind of has like a sort of a southern drawl kind of thing, and he's... Southern? Yeah. Is he Southern? Yeah, he's from, well, he's from Texas. Okay. Um, and uh, currently lives in, in Santa Fe. That's right. You did say he's it's, in Santa It's Fe. not like a thick sort of like a, like a East Coast, Southern East Coast kind of thing. It's more like, you know, what, like a Texas, Texas accent. Yeah. Um, For some reason, I was thinking, even though he said he currently lives in Santa Fe, I miss, immediately forgot what you said and thought that he was in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Well, you would, I mean, with as much fixation as we've, you know, given to the Yellowstone area right. and all that, you know. Um, but yeah, so we basically, like I said, 4.6 miles uphill. We were looking for a particular creek. And when we arrived there, we were expecting to be able to walk up that creek towards the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And once again, very disappointingly, we learned you just don't know that much from a map. Mm-hmm. Because what we found was incredibly dense forest, incredibly steep hillside, and no way into it at all. So having arrived there, we kind of had to scramble and say, okay, well, if we can't walk up there, what do we do? How do we interpret the rest of this thing? And we again, we've already been walking for three and a half hours. Jeez. We've been walking three and a half hours uphill. <laughs> so... It became a, like a serious question of what to do. Mm-hmm. We went a little further and we found this unmarked kind of majestic campsite hmm. that is just past the creek, further along the road that we were going up, farther mm-hmm. than we intended to go. There's a fire ring. There's... That's the blaze. <laughs> the blaze. <laughs> well, you start to think stuff like this. Here's I know. The, the thing is... I can't tell you how crazy this made me. Mm-hmm. I can't I tell you how it. insane this made me. Um, we we're at this little campsite and we we're thinking of camping and we're realizing we don't have wood or access to firewood. We would have to walk a great long way back to where there was an area where you could harvest firewood and then we'd actually have to do it. And we didn't really have the tools to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start thinking about how it is that we're going to stay out there with no fire, no heat. All we've got is our little backpacker tents, and we realize we can't do it. Mm-hmm. We realize we're not going to be able to stay up here, even with our MREs. Yeah. And so the question is, what are we going to do? And, the, and we arrived at the conclusion, we just had to come back. Mm. 
which meant another several hours, much less. I think it was like two and a half hours back going mm-hmm. downhill um, and walking the entire duration of the thing back. And it was it was disappointing, you know? It was disappointing because you think you have this really clear idea of where you're going and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't quite shake out that way. Um, I still think we were looking in some really strong areas. And I do think I will find myself going back. But, so uh, so what was... You left out the part where you tried to forge the river. No, the, yeah, so this, this was the whole way. I mean, this was like... There were like at least five or six different crossings of the river. Well, when you guys were telling me this story, it was... You said something like, so... Joe was trying to convince you to do it, basically. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, it was J- Joe. The, the fun thing about that is, like, we had reached a point where it was, like, very obvious on the way up that we were going to have to just plain walk into, like, a busy, like, a an active current. And he's saying, no, it's fine, dude. Don't worry about it. See? And, you know, he goes ahead of me and takes his little baby steps. And, and I'm, like, right behind him kind of following, you know. And... Only after the fact does he tell me that, uh, no, yeah, that was, I thought that was pretty dangerous. <laughs> but he just like continually like sold it to me, like, no, it's no, fine. No, it's fine. No, you're going to be cool. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. Um, but that was, it was our only option. It was what we had to do. So that meant, again, like over five hours of walking with completely waterlogged shoes. Limited, you know, water because we had to stop and filter it when we when we could. Mm-hmm. At some point on our hike up, and this was the most nerve-wracking part, you think that the river is alongside you the whole way from a map. Mm-hmm. When you're there, you realize at some point you split off and you're several hundred feet above the river on your trail. Mm-hmm. And we had a legitimate concern that we might not get back to it. That we weren't going to be near the river again. And that only when we got to the creek we were looking for might we have access to water. Mm-hmm. And at one point we had, we, had, we had kind of a fight about it. <laughs> because we reached a point where it would be possible to scale down this really like this loose shale rock kind of hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a clear like rock slide area to go down and get water. Mm-hmm. But it looked pretty perilous to me. and didn't seem yeah. like a good idea. And um, he was he was going to go down there. And I, t- I, I told him, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't think this is safe. And he says, we need water. And I am going, if you want water, you will give me your water bottle. And I said, no. And he went fine and went down by himself. And I was really actually a little bit alarmed. I'm like, I, if he disappears, I'm not going to know it. Yeah. If he goes down there and gets eaten by something... I'll be standing here for hours going, when's he coming back? Yeah. <laughs> so there were elements of this. There were elements of this trip that involved some real danger, mm-hmm. some real challenges. I think the most important thing that I got out of this, and I wanted to say something about this before we end our episode. Um, I have been telling myself for a really long time what things I can't do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's really easy to, you know, uh, talk yourself out of things and tell yourself that things aren't for you. You know, too fat, Mm -hmm. too lazy, 
too out of shape, well, can't do it. It's easy to make one day goals and say, well, once I'm in better shape, once I lose weight, that's a thing I can do. Yeah. I'm not capable of that now. Right. But it's the same kind of advice when I I started expressing interest in roller derby like it's something i wanted to do Mm -hmm. but i had this mindset of yet of like maybe not yet i don't think i'm in good enough shape and i got advice from someone at some point that was like no you have to do it and let it get you in shape you're Mm -hmm. fine you're gonna be able to do the thing and if you're not able to do the thing you'll get there but you just have to try you're capable of way more than you think you are Mm mm-hmm Like, in not just me and not just you, like, in general, whether it be a mental challenge or a physical challenge or an emotional challenge, like, you just have to try to do the thing. Yeah. And you might fail at it. Right. It might not work out the way that you want it to work out because things fucking don't. But, like, you have to try the thing. Yeah. Don't put off doing things because you don't think you can do it. That's really that's really what happened is I found myself in a situation where my and I I was saying this to Joe on our walk was we're coming back you know we're exhausted I'm going we'll make it because we have to mm-hmm. I'm just sort of saying that to myself at like the height of my exhaustion where like I'm kind of like not clear in the head and I'm going we'll make it because we have to mm-hmm. and it's amazing what you can do when you just got to do it mm-hmm. and I felt like. I kind of like for myself demonstrated to myself that there are things that are for me and that I can do that I didn't think were options for me and that when when shit when shit hit you know hits the fan and when my back is against the wall I am a tough fat motherfucker. <laughs> and there is a lot that I can do that mm-hmm. I have not given myself credit for. And that was a really really rewarding experience. Well, I'm glad you had that experience. Yeah. It was I'm just glad you had that experience. Like driving out of there, completely exhausted, with no shoes on, right? And like, like just feeling my feeling myself like like all the pain of like the last five hours on me, and going, yeah, I did that. I was really I'm really surprised you didn't express being in more pain the the days following that. To yeah. me, at least. Yeah. Because that's like, that's a, what, like, basically six-hour hike that you embarked on. More or less. And that's more than, more physical activity than you do. Yeah, I know. In a matter of, like, three days. I know. Let alone six hours. Specifically the uphill part of it. That's tough. On, you know, relatively uneven terrain. Like, I could, I think I could walk that that distance flat very, right. very easy. Right. And let's be honest, it's not like you had the best shoes on for it. It's not like you had, like, the best gear you could have or the most experience doing that thing. Yeah. It makes it harder. And that's that's an endurance hike right there. Yeah, it really was. It was like... A matter of just being able to weather it and keep going, which is really hard to do. Um, and still now, I mean, like when 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 I got to a hotel later that night on our way back, um, my my feet were all purple, <laughs> you mm. know, and like even now, still like my the skin of my feet is like like 
cracked looking like mm-hmm. I like the, the they were swollen it was terrible mm-hmm. um like I still am not back to normal yet yeah but I'm really really happy that I was able to do what I did yeah you and did I, the thing I learned something about myself I learned a lot of things about myself and you I'm, I'm, learned I'm, that sometimes you think a moose is a bear <laughs> big boy big boy that sneaky devil you know You've been unsure about whether or not to get a tattoo. I think you should get Big Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Big Boy, yeah, it's just moose the, horse. It's for, <laughs> I wish I wish our sight gags podcast was real so they could I see know. the Big Boy face. Well, they wouldn't be able to see even yeah. on the sight gags podcast. True. That's the point. Wouldn't matter. I guess Big Boy's for us. Big Boy is just for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, all said and done, at the end of you know this, I mean, I I saw. I saw strange wildlife. I was definitely near, like you know, bears. There were rattlesnakes. There was. I heard coyote or uh, yeah, coyotes. I you heard, heard a coy- coyote. I heard a coyote off in the distance. There was a fox in Joe's bag. Yeah, there was a fox going through Joe's bag. I can't believe I didn't mention that. When we stopped at that little campground at the top of the the trail, and we were looking at the river from there, and Joe had set down his bag, and then he turned back and looked and went, "So, well, no. What happened was he saw something and went running, and I freaked out." Because I thought, oh, my God, there's a bear and he's running from it. Like, why are we running? We're not supposed to run. <laughs> so I started freaking out. Come to realize he's just chasing after a bear or a. <laughs> <laughs> he's just chasing after oh, a just bear. Chasing a, just chasing a bear. No, he's chasing a fox that got into his bag and he had to <laughs> scare it out. And I think it even got in there a second time. <laughs> um, he said it was like looking at him, <laughs> like challenging him. It's a really strange it was just very strange, um, but I guess that's most of the story. I guess that's really this this episode is what a story, Mark. You know, I'm really disappointed I didn't come back with treasure, which, by the way, I didn't say was is valued at one to two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like not a small treasure; it's legitimate. Um, uh, having come back without it, I have this feeling like I will be going back. If you go back, I would like to go back with you. Yes. The the important takeaway from what Forrest Fenn has created for people here is uh the title of his of the book that uh which I which I purchased is uh The Thrill of the Chase. Mm-hmm. It's something he talks about quite a bit. And it is I think it's something everyone can relate to on some level. The joy and exhilaration of the chase, of looking for something, of seeking out something, whatever whatever it is that drives people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is very much still alive for me. And I'm really looking forward to going out and seeing it all again. Yeah. I would, I have enjoyed hearing about it. Um, I was jealous that I wasn't going to be able to go. I know. But I would love to go back with you and take a closer look at this and... Yep. Yeah, I would love to go too. And I honestly, like I said, you and I can split half of a half of a treasure together, and I'm good with that. If we, if and when we happen to find it, and I encourage anyone listening to look this treasure up. Look up the story. Yeah, of, look at the poem. Fen's treasure, F E N N treasure. Um, the the map is available. There's lots and lots of people talking about their theories. And um, it's, I mean, it's on Reddit. It's on several other websites. There's lots to talk about. Um, look into it because um, 
one thing I wasn't really totally expecting. I mean, I knew I was going to go out and see the wilderness and see some some very interesting things. I wasn't expecting the kind of uh, personal, I guess, development or the kind of personal yeah. pride I would feel out of doing something like this. And I super recommend it to any of you. Yeah. Uh, to, to go out and test yourself and come back feeling a lot of pride out of having done well, that. And also just like, you know, communing with nature yeah. is something a lot of us don't get to do very often. Mm-hmm. And it's been shown that like I don't know, just standing in your bare feet outside in the soil is good for you. Like it just yeah. connects you to the world. Yeah, there's just something In a good way about that it. a lot of us who don't have outdoor physical jobs don't do. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not a hippy-dippy person, but I do believe that we should spend more time in nature than we do. Yeah, I think so. Um, and there's, there's more things I didn't quite talk about here, little incidental things and aside things, but, um, it was a real adventure. Everyone should have an adventure. I recommend you go out and have an adventure. That is what I, that is what I recommend. Go out and look for some treasure. Look for treasure. You just (laughs) might find it. Um, and with that. Makes my week not that exciting at all. (laughs) Well, you know, you I got, snuggled with the dog. You got to cuddle a dog. That ain't bad. Anytime we get to cuddle a dog, it's not bad. Right. It worked out for me. So anyway, that is our episode of Goose Chase. Goose Chase. <laughs> we uh we will be back next week with another uh, regular episode. I'm going to climb a mountain with my bare hands and no gear. <laughs> yes. Uh, in the intervening week, Christy is going to uh, rock climb. <laughs> The entire time. Um. I don't know. I just felt like maybe I should have an adventure. Uh, So, yeah, we will see you next week with another fun episode. Uh, Drop us a line if you enjoyed this episode or if you have ideas for future episodes uh, at uh, goosechasepodcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook page. Yeah. Do that. And we will talk to you uh, uh, next week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's when it will be. All right. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at GooseChasePod, and our website is www.GooseChasePodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at GooseChasePodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 